Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. We are back in person for the first time since March 10th, 2020. 560 day, 568 days to be exact. How are you, Trenton? Bilal, I am absolutely fantastic. How are you, Bilal? <laughs> I am... I don't think there are words to describe this moment right now, Trenton. We are seeing each other face-to-face right now for the first time since... March 10th of last year, and uh, there's no computer screen here unless I am mistaken. We're in, like in the Matrix. Um, <laughs> That's true. We are, we are back. We are well and truly back. We are in the studio being safe, wearing masks. We are socially distanced. Trenton's double masked. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing the double mask, though, that you can see uh, I'm wearing a DePaul mask as well. So, you know, I got I to gotta be branded here. Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Just going to toss that in there. It feels incredible to say that again. <laughs> yeah, and so before we get into our, the routine of the show is going to be the same as what we've always been doing um, in the podcast, and we'll continue to upload that as a podcast for anyone who misses listening to the show live. But before we start, I want to just take a moment and reflect on this past year and a half and how it's all been like. Uh, both of us are grateful to be back in the studio. We've gone through a, a life-changing uh, pandemic that is still going on, but we're making progress now to get back life back to normal. And we had a shift to remote last March, and at that time we'd only done a few episodes, and we're still learning how to do everything. And now today we're still learning, but have the experience of having done 40 episodes behind us now. This is going to be our 41st episode, and we hope to take this opportunity as a fresh start and look forward to being back in the studio each week for as long as we can. So without that, with that, let's uh, take it away, Trenton. All right, and as we go through each week, we've always said that football is a crazy sport, the NFL goes wild every week let's take a look at some of the wild things that happened this week uh we both know that quarterbacks have pinpoint accuracy unless you are uh Jameis Winston prior prior to eye surgery we'll we'll put that in there but um did you know that the returner for the Cardinals Rondale Moore a rookie by the way muffed a punt because an official threw a flag and hit the ball in midair before he caught it. I mean, that official probably has perfect aim right there. Um, I mean, we all know that the flags have uh, beanbags, and that's why these officials are able to throw it so well. But just to have that level of timing, and I don't know, that should be some sort of violation on the official. Like, throw some penalties, just throw a flag on him. <laughs> throw a flag on the official. That's like uh, when Travis Kelsey took his towel and, and threw it at the official after he got flagged by the official. But, uh, of course, he got uh, 
ejected after that. So maybe, maybe do something a little, uh, a little less apparent than that. Um, continuing on, the Ravens. We know they have a little injury bug that's going on. They lost all three oh, really? of their. Oh yeah, you know they they lost all three of their starting running backs before the season even started. No big deal, no big deal at all. It's not like their entire game is based off the running attack. But uh, Drew Wilkins, who is their often outside linebackers coach, suffered a hamstring injury. Uh, this isn't the first time that we talked about a coach suffering an injury. Of course, uh, just a week or two prior, we talked about the Cowboys and how uh, one of their legendary coaches, assistant coaches, uh, suffered a leg injury in practice. But no, Drew Wilkins suffered a hamstring injury during a celebration. And of course, this is uh, a play that we're going to be talking about a little bit later. But John Harbaugh, the head coach, has said about Drew Wilkins that he is, quote, philosophically opposed to exercise, which is an interesting stance as a, uh, a coach in a sport. And uh, as a prof- in, a, in a professional sports league, I mean, philosophically opposed to exercise? Yeah, that's uh, kind of something odd, and uh, I'm not sure why Harbaugh <laughs> went out of his way to uh, kind of roast his assistant coach like that maybe next thing you know once he's all good he'll be uh in the gym for like two hours a day every day just uh, trying to get himself into some sort of shape so this i don't know man things happen in the league and we can't explain that yeah uh you know what they say never skip leg day moving on eli manning did you know he has birds he has two of them and he showed them off on live tv was this during the uh the Manning broadcast, the Monday Night Football game? It absolutely was. <laughs> I mean, those guys, their broadcast is honestly probably better than the regular Monday Night Football broadcast. Uh, these, the Manning brothers, for anyone who doesn't know, have a, their own version of Monday Night Football where the two of them are basically talking and analyzing the game and making jokes at each other. Eli loves to make fun of Peyton's forehead size. And uh, which is apparently a running joke, and they have various guests on throughout the throughout the game. So, like this past week, some of their guests included, uh, I believe, a Matthew Stafford and LeBron James and Nick Saban and Chris Long. So, all these high-profile people from throughout the sports world, or just in, or just um, in life in general, and which is proven to be very successful for ESPN. They have gained viewers a large amount of viewers and they're in their first game against uh the the raiders and ravens they averaged eight hundred thousand viewers and then just up they just doubled that almost a week later when it was the lions versus packers when they brought in close to 1.9 million people so people are tuning into this and i feel like we need more manning brothers in our life because these guys are so knowledgeable and so much fun to be around that um we just need more of them yeah and uh did you did you see that there was something that peyton manning had said um they were talking about coverages or something like that and then oh yeah peyton manning (laughs) was talking about the the duo of troy aikman and joe buck joe buck exactly because um I believe there was a moment in there because 
All right, take a step back here for some. We all know how Tony Romo is an amazing uh, announcer and he can predict everything. He knows a lot of things. But these are two Manning brothers. Like the name Manning just means something different in the world of football. I'll keep this quick here. Um, there were Peyton was talking about how he needs a co-host who's not as smart as he is, who doesn't know as much. Because he said, and when Joe Joe Buck and Troy Aikman they do their broadcast, if Troy messes up which Peyton said doesn't happen much often. Joe doesn't even know what happened. So he literally threw Joe under the bus. Started him like, if Troy messes up, Joe doesn't know anything about coverage, coverages, so he wouldn't, you can't call him out on it. But just the way that it's amazing to see how this has turned out. And I kind of bummed out right now that they're going to be taking a few weeks off. I believe they come back in week seven because they're only doing 10 games the whole season. So we shall see how this uh, progresses. Yeah, there's a, you know, below, I think there was a flag on that play. Taunting offense number 18. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Um, But, you know, he's Peyton Manning. He can he can say stuff like that. And and Eli Manning at the same time. Oh, yeah. Eli Manning loves it. Um, Who do you think is more? Who do you think roasts more on that show? Is it? Oh, it's Eli. It's Eli. Yeah. Okay. Right. Eli loves to, like, they even brought a segment in with their dad, Archie, for a moment. And, like, Archie was sitting with Eli, and he was also roasting Peyton. Because <laughs> they were roasting LeBron James' high school quarterback, because they showed a clip of LeBron James playing high school football. And how if Le- LeBron said if he had a better high school quarterback, he probably could have gone pro and played football instead of basketball. <laughs> so, I don't know. If for anyone who's not been watching the manning broadcast they should uh, tune in or at least watch the highlights every week of it yeah for sure um and some interesting things happened in the nfl this week history being made for one one of the biggest records that was uh, broken was that the eagles on monday night football their running backs totaled three carries which is a new low in nfl history it was previously held by the buccaneers in 2020 which is a 38 to 3 loss to the saints and that was five carries one of which was uh by a quarterback i believe blaine gabbert so um yeah that's uh eagles nfc east not really doing well and when is the nfc east ever doing well though i mean cowboys not looking too bad this year with Dak Prescott back not looking too bad and uh yeah that's that's the biggest NFL history made this week. Oh, wait, by the way, uh, a guy by the name of Justin Tucker. Never heard of him. Oh, well, he he kicked the ball, and he kicked it really, really hard. And people were really impressed by that. Uh, of course, we're talking about the 66-yard field goal that went in, bounced off the crossbar, which breaks the previous 64-yard record by Matt Prater in 2013 i believe matt prater did that as a denver bronco in in denver in denver so he's got the little bit of altitude altitude yeah helping him out but this is justin tucker not only booting a 66 yard field goal not in denver but also as the game winning kick which is absolutely insane and uh we have a a tweet here by Field Yates, who's the NFL insider for ESPN. And he said, Justin Tucker has now made 50 straight field goals 
in the fourth quarter or overtime. Of those 50, 21 have been from 40-plus yards, 7 from 50-plus yards, and this one from 66, the longest in NFL history. He's never missed a kick in the final minute of regulation, 16 for 16. And if if that doesn't seem, if that doesn't yell out clutch to you, I don't know what does, because that is absolutely <laughs> crazy. Just shows how valuable he is to his team, and he's always been. Kickers are people, too. Yes, kickers. And punters. Kickers, punters, uh, long snappers? Long snappers, yes. Long snappers, yes. too. Can't leave them out. Mm-hmm. You, uh... Long snappers. You you don't know who they are until they fail you, and then their names are plastered all over the headlines. So it'd be best if we don't know who they are. <laughs> yes, that's true. No, no disrespect to any long yeah, snapper. Yeah, no disrespect to Patrick yeah. Manley. Did you see? Uh, did you see Bill Belichick? He had he did a press conference in one of his press conferences. He was asked about long snappers, and he just went like an entire history for thirty minutes just on the history of special teams. That's Bill Belichick for you. Yeah, smartest, smartest coach in the league. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Bill Belichick, the revenge game. No, yeah, the revenge game, right? Revenge game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So Tom Brady's making his return to Foxborough after a year away in Tampa Bay and winning the Super Bowl. And that isn't the only biggest thing that's going to be happening that during that game. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, needs only 68 yards to move into first place, surpassing Drew Brees is Drew Brees as the all-time leading passing yard, uh, passing yards thrower, and honestly, what a better time for this to happen! Like it's gonna happen during this game. There's no way Tom Brady throws for less than 68 yards in a game. He may throw it on uh, the first pass. There's a the quote from Drew Brees here saying. Um, I'd be all in. I'd be all for Brady just launching the first play of the game. Just go ahead and get out of the way. He he said he needs what 68 yards. Let's have New England kick it in the end zone, start of the 25, and have him launch one to Mike Evans, and let's just be done with it. <laughs> I mean, what a way to start the game that would be, and especially to do it in front of that the the people who basically made him. What he was made him into Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. So this game just we were, we were going to watch it anyway, right? So just give us another reason to enjoy. Yeah. Would you would you prefer that it's broken on a a big play, or do you just not care? You know, can it be like a oh five yard screen? Oh, he broke the record, or is that something that you think is? I mean, the big good? plays <laughs> give you more excitement. Mm-hmm. Like, if we throw, like, a a 68-yard touchdown, that'd be amazing. Right. But, um, I don't know. I mean, Drew Brees is broken. When he broke records, there were some times where he broke them on touchdowns and stuff, and it was just a fun moment to uh, absorb the situation that way. But, uh, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me, honestly. It's just, we're going to, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, we shall see. Indeed. All right, well, there's more big news with the Buccaneers, and it is that Richard Sherman, who originally went to visit them and said that he would break the news himself about whether or not he would sign with them as a free agent, has indeed signed with the Buccaneers as a free agent. So he's got a one-year deal. He joins uh, Tom Brady, who he is, 
matched up with in the past. And uh, in order to fit him onto the roster, they put wide receiver Scotty Miller on injured reserve, who's dealing with a toe injury. So what do you think? Richard Sherman, 33 years old, back in the NFL on a team with uh, another guy who's, you know, a little old, just a little bit. Just a little? Yeah, just a little, yeah. I mean, you got to think about it, though, here. Um, he doesn't need to be that shutdown. <coughs> sorry. He doesn't have to be that shutdown corner like he used to be. I mean, you know, like you said, he's 33 years old, but um, he's still a great player. He's had success. And even Tom Brady reached out to him, apparently, according to what Sherman said. And there's that infamous game, remember, in 2012 where the Patriots played the Seahawks and then Richard Sherman goes up to Tom Brady and he's like, you mad? So, I don't know, there's a lot of history there, but it's also the Buccaneers are a great team. They just won the Super Bowl. Um, they have They had all their starting players return. And I know they just they did just lose this past week um, to the Rams, but still, it's a great team and very high potential. And it's probably the best fit right now for him in terms of getting a chance to uh, make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl again. That's so. that's true. And and like you said, maybe he'll just play a, a situational role. He won't be like on an island by himself as he has been in the past. He but doesn't need to be anymore, right. though. There's so many other people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just remembering him from when he was with the the Forty ers I think, in the in the playoffs, or just I remember him being burnt in the playoffs, just like straight line speed down the field, and I was like, "Ooh, that's not a good look for Sherman." I mean, he's never he's not going to be what. Um he used to be so and no player ever really is unless you are tom brady who again seems to be aging in reverse benjamin button style i think i mentioned that on last week's episode but um again we shall see how this works out i think it'll be a good fit for everyone involved and again it's a one-year deal he does not he's not committing to stay there for the next 10 years of his life so it's just another added depth situation for the bucks and it's good for them Indeed. Um, so continuing on here with our headlines here. So the Detroit Lions ended up uh, releasing linebacker Jamie Collins after they were exploring a trade. So apparently it couldn't work out. No yeah. trade partner and they didn't want him. So mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a quality, quality linebacker. And I, you know, he was. Brought in to be with Matt Patricia because you know whenever, whenever a coach leaves a team and then lands somewhere new, then they want to bring in people from their old system, people from their old team, and just try and recreate exactly. that success. And you know now that Patricia's gone, uh, Jamie Collins might not fit the scheme, might not fit the what the new coach wants. I still don't team. get what's going on with that new coach. Yeah, they they have not bitten anybody's kneecaps off yet. But uh, I could see Jamie Collins returning to the Patriots, honestly. I mean, he could. You know, a lot of these former Patriots players 
get their their big break with the Patriots, and then they leave looking for more money, and they don't do well. They don't do well. And they come back, and then they come back. Brian Hoyer, <laughs> case in point. Yeah, that's... I think on the money side of it though is um, Collins, he's he's set for the year though because he'll be getting his fully guaranteed eight point eight million dollars from the Detroit Lions this year, a five million dollar bonus and a three point eight million dollar salary. So that is that's guaranteed. He's getting that from the Lions, even though they cut him because it was a full guaranteed. So he he said he if he wants to chill on a beach for the rest of the year, then go ahead. He's making eight point eight million dollars. <laughs> so, but uh, we shall see where beach. he ends up because again, think about it though. Eight point eight million dollars is a lot of money. Like, and these are professional athletes who. We're like they're like always negotiating in millions and stuff, but it's like for us regular people here, it's like I'll take a million, I'll take take a hundred thousand or something. It's whatever. It's uh, it's interesting though, but we shall see where this leads us. Yep, and then uh, another another story that we've heard often, Josh Gordon. How often? Oh man, this is like. Third time, maybe the fourth time. I don't know. It's I been, lost track. Yeah, but Josh Gordon, who was the, of course, former All Pro wide receiver with the Browns and many other teams, you know, good, very good player, but suffering with with legal issues off the field. He's been reinstated again and has signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I mean, you know, just just hoping one day he can get his life back on track. I think that's what every um, everyone wants for him. I mean, he's such a talented player, and he's just had s- so many off the field issues. I mean, when he played with the Browns, like you said, all pro, all all pro receiver, and suspensions, and and then goes to Seahawks, or maybe maybe was the Patriots first or the Seahawks first? Uh, I. Honestly, don't remember. I don't. I don't. I don't remember either. But he played on both teams, and he when he was with the Patriots, like the Patriots taking other people's um, troubles or troubled players, and they turn them into uh, pretty good people. And he had good success with the with the Patriots, but again, he found himself in uh, more difficult issues, difficult times there. But uh, all we can ever hope is that he. Um, can do well, and now he's on a great team with a great head coach and a great quarterback and a already a loaded receiver group. So hopefully they are a good influence on him, and he can uh, c- continue to help him help get his life on track. Honestly, yeah. And uh, speaking of their great coach, Andy Reid, Big Red. Yes, he had left Arrowhead Stadium in an ambulance after their. Uh, game against the Chargers and was reportedly stable, and the trip to the hospital was considered precautionary. That was uh, that was a frightening uh, headline to read. I mean, Andy Reid is one of the most beloved people in football and probably all of sports. And it's like seeing someone like uh, that um, having to leave the stadium in a ho- in the in an ambulance is uh, you, you nothing you want to see for anyone. But uh, again, it's a good thing that he was stable and his uh, 
stay in the hospital was just uh, a very brief um, stay, and he ended up returning to the team yesterday on Tuesday. So it um, yeah. prayers for Big Red. Yeah, it's uh, good to see him back. Hopefully he'll be uh, on the sidelines in this next game. Um, and continuing on with our last little bit of news, it's our little injury segment. There's not really that many big injuries this week, just three main ones. It's uh, Quentin Nelson, who is the great offensive guard for the Colts, who was carted off uh, against the Titans with a ankle injury. They believe it is a high ankle sprain. Uh, James White, who was carted off with a hip injury, and K.J. Hamler, the speedy receiver for the Broncos, has a torn ACL, so they lose their deep threat down the field. Yeah, so that does it for the injuries and headlines. Now we got to go into the uh, weekly power rankings based off the NFL.com's power rankings. And coming at number one, we have a new number one, Trenton. Oh, man, we the do. The Los Angeles Rams have moved up three spots. Three no Rams are number one. Previously, they're number four. Tampa Bay, after losing to the Rams, have dropped to number two from number one. The Green Bay Packers have sadly moved up three spots to number three, previously number six. The Buffalo Bills have moved up one spot to number four, previously number five. The Baltimore Ravens dropped two spots, previously number three, even though Justin Tucker sent them to beat him. Justin Tucker won the game for them, and uh, but that apparently was not enough to uh, move up. The Kansas City Chiefs, after losing to the Los Angeles Chargers at home, dropped four spots to number six, previously number two. San Francisco stayed steady at seven. Cleveland stayed steady at Eight. The Raiders moved up two spots, number nine, previously eleven, and the Chargers round up the top ten at number ten, previously number fourteen. So, pretty much, again, these uh, top ten teams have stayed the same, moving up and down a little bit. But we had some newcomers in here: the Chargers and the Raiders. So, what do you think? Yeah, it's. It's really, really interesting, I think, that they put the Rams all the way at number one. But, I mean, I suppose it makes sense because the Rams' offense is just on fire. Matthew Stafford has landed in an absolutely incredible place, and he's really lighting it up. Um, is it is it too soon to say that they're the, the top in the – NFC West because NFC West right now is just loaded with teams of incredible talent. At the moment, I think we could say that they're at the top, but then again, we're in we we just finished week three. Like everyone is trying to either hit the panic button or self proclaim the, their team as like the best right now. So you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Ask ask this question again in uh, five weeks when we hit, like, roughly the halfway point of the of the season. But at the moment, I think we're good with uh, the Rams that they are. McVay, Stafford, this, have a, this is a good relationship that uh, just wasn't ever there with Jared Goff. Even the year they won the Super Bowl and they had, they had that high-flying offense, you just didn't see that connection between 
uh, McVay and Stafford uh, and Goff the way you see it with uh, McVay and Stafford. So it's a it's a good match for both both sides. Going down going down the list here, Trenton, we have some the Vikings moved up eight spots to number sixteen, previously number twenty four, and honestly, I was surprised that they beat the Seahawks. Yeah, it was a it was a really rough game, and the Vikings have had a lot of close games so far this season. And you know, are they are they going to be able to break out of it? You know, how many of those games are you going to win? I mean, I, if the game started off uh, in the Seahawks' favor, mm-hmm. I because I have Russell Wilson on my fantasy team, so I'm getting notifications that Russell Wilson has scored touchdowns for you. As so I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm doing well, and the Seahawks are doing well, which means the Vikings are doing bad. And then I checked the game at the end when it's over. I see the score and said, "Wait, what? The Vikings won? How is this possible?" Because I didn't watch the game because it wasn't in our market. But um, it's just interesting to see, like, like you said, the close games, trying to just get over that next time, that next step, and. Uh, just see where the the Vikings go from here. They could easily regress and go back to what they've been doing. So it's just one game. And next up, the Seahawks dropped eight spots, apparently. I mean, this is the Vikings go up, the Seahawks go down. They dropped. They were previously number nine. So they were in the top ten last week and are now all the way down to 17. So, yeah, and that's, that's rough for a, a Seahawks team that just last season – at the beginning of the season, you're looking at Russell Wilson as maybe the, the MVP. And, of course, later in the season, they kind of hit a speed bump and they're slowing down. And this season, it's just not good out of the gate for them. Yeah. Um, again, there's a lot, of time to, uh, a lot of time to change things up for any team right now. No team is completely out of it right now. Um, and there, there are a lot of more big jumps here this week looking at this like the the Bengals moved up seven spots the Steelers dropped eight spots the Patriots dropped eight spots so a lot of a lot of um large jumps this week up and down so but the end the end of the power rankings oh we have a new 32 oh is it the uh the Jets you guessed correctly the All Jets right. dropped two spots down to 32. And the Jaguars moved up one spot, even though they haven't won a game. Wow. Maybe just to make room for the the Jets. Because yeah. the Jets were just that bad. Yeah. It's it's uh not looking good for, for those teams on the bottom I think there. there's a stat out there that the Jets have only scored 20 points in all of three games so far combined. Oh, and no. Honestly, I thought this uh, new quarterback was going to be the future. I thought we got to play rookie quarterbacks and get them. He's a savior of the team. Yeah. And I mean, none of the rookie quarterbacks have looked good this year. Maybe season. that's a reason. Maybe we shouldn't be playing rookie quarterbacks the first is the start of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, get, I'll get into that in a moment when we talk about Justin Fields and the Bears. And there's a lot to talk about overall there, but... I'm still of the uh, uh, the nature here that I, what I've been saying that maybe they need to learn and maybe they're not ready to start because college is not the NFL. 
or the NFL is not college. And I'm not, again, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off on it when we get to. Speaking of the Bears, though, we dropped four spots, 29. And again, it's not time to hit the panic button. I'll get into this in a moment, but it's not time to hit the panic button. That's all I need to say at the moment. And quarterback rankings now, based off of the NFL.com's, again, uh, which we've done every week. Number one is the GOAT. He's still number one. Um, I mean, he did throw 432 yards against the Rams defense. So he did lose the game, but throwing that many yards against the Rams defense, that's got to that's be something. Uh, number two, Dak Prescott moved up six spots. Number three, also moving up six spots, is Derek Carr. Number four, moving up eight spots, is Matthew Stafford. Number five, dropping two spots is Aaron Rodgers. Number six, dropping four spots is Patrick Mahomes. Number seven, dropping one spot is Justin Herbert. And number eight, dropping three spots is Lamar Jackson. Number nine, dropping two spots is Kyler Murray. And somehow making the top ten is Kirk Cousins by moving up three spots. So this this has changed cousins. actually. This yeah. has changed. It's uh it's interesting to see so many new people in the top ten. I mean, when's the last time you saw Derek Carr or Matthew Stafford in the top ten? Not that often. Yeah. Like you don't if you prior to this season, if you're gonna ask me is Matthew Stafford a top ten quarterback prior to anything I had seen from this year of how well he's been playing, I would have said no, he's not a top ten. He's probably like a top eighteen quarterback. And probably more closer to eighteen than he is to one. And Derek Carr, definitely not. I would have put Derek Carr probably in the top twenty of quarterbacks. Like he's not he's not up there. But Based off the way he's currently playing, yeah, he they these two do deserve to be in the top ten. And Russell Wilson dropped seven spots to number eleven, so uh, he he is a top ten quarterback, though, in my view. Uh, and at as this week, he's right on the edge of ten. He's at eleven, so. But um, a lot of these, a lot of people just had bad days last week um and we just got to see how they rebound from that yeah and that's that's typical in the nfl it's it's an up and down season week by week but yeah it's it's interesting to see just how some of these top quarterbacks from from previous seasons just aren't really doing that well this year i mean russell wilson at number 11 um if you look at Ben Roethlisberger all the way at 22. Yeah, I mean, honestly. I mean, he he hasn't looked good this year. It's uh, it's been kind of rough for, for Big Ben. Last point I want to make here before we uh, move on to our uh, recapping some games is just the career resurgence, uh, or no, not resurgence, resurrection, basically, uh, Sam Darnold. He's oh, moved yes. up seven spots to number 18 this past week. Yeah, Sam Darnold is is looking pretty good. So what does this mean, though? Was it just the Jets? 
Or was it Sam Darnold? Oh, it's it's always the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the Jets. Um, I mean, you know, he's he's now has better weapons, better protection. He has a better defense. I think the the Panthers right now have the the top rushing defense and passing defense, something like that. So it's it's got a better coaching staff too. Right. So, I mean, Sam. So Darnold he's not well. seeing ghosts anymore. Uh, I think he left those ghosts behind for Zach Wilson. <laughs> he probably did. They're uh, they're just chilling in the locker room, and every time Zach Wilson steps in there, they go boo. And he goes ah, because he's a he's a rookie, and he's afraid of ghosts because, you know, when you first see those ghosts, they are scary, but then as you slowly get used to them, then maybe they're not so scary anymore. And but I, should you get used to them? Because then you start playing like. <laughs> Because I, I think Sam Darnold got used to the ghosts and said, eh, they're part of the stadium, they're part of the environment here. I just got to adapt. And how'd that turn out for him? Yeah, not not too great. But, uh, you know, it's it really has been rough for these rookie quarterbacks. I mean, Zach Wilson right now is at number 29. Uh, he moved up two spots, actually. Trevor Lawrence as well moved up two spots. He's at number 30. Um, Making progress, even if you're not winning games. Right. And then Mac Jones for the Patriots is actually above all of the rookies at number 25. Out of all the rookies, he's the best one. He's, I think he's the most the most ready and probably the one who landed on the, the best overall team and coaching staff. I mean, he beat out Cam Newton for the starting job. So right. that's telling you something. If Bill Belichick wants to go with a rookie quarterback, then that is just, just telling you something right there that you wouldn't uh, know otherwise. All right. Um, moving on to our games now. Justin Herbert is not a rookie, but he's a second-year player, and he led the Los Angeles Chargers to an upset over the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and what an absolutely crazy divisional battle that was. Are the, are the Chargers... Right now, number one in the AFC West, and the Chiefs are, are the Chiefs actually at the bottom? I can look it up, but yeah, uh, uh, let's see. Now we got the Raiders, no, Raiders we got the, the Raiders, mm-hmm. Broncos, Broncos three. No, what? Raiders, Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs. Chiefs are at the bottom. Isn't that absolutely crazy? It's, I mean, as you would say, it's still way early in the season. Oh, it's way too early, and we have an extra week this year, so it's 17 games instead of 16, but just look at the Chiefs. Their net points is at minus three. They've they've scored 92 points this season and have allowed 95, so it's like that high-flying Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid offense that we've been so used to seeing is not scoring that many points. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's it's rough for them, I think, because you know they have this great offense. They have the the next best, you know, up and coming quarterback for the next maybe decade, and you know they have they have the target painted squarely on their back by all the teams. Every, oh yeah, every team wants to put a win on over them. So because they've been the gold standard for the past two years, uh-huh. making the Super Bowl both years, and um. Winning it one time, but just, uh, I, I mean, it's surprising, honestly. We, we didn't pick them to win the game. We didn't pick the Chargers to win the game last week. 
Unless you did, and I don't remember. I did. Yes. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I said, uh, I said Justin Herbert's got this. <laughs> well, then I, I stand corrected. Then I did not pick the Chargers to win the game. Because again, you go with the, you go with the experience. You go with the team that has proven it. But let's look at the, let's look at the stat line here. Justin Herbert throws 281 yards for four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Mahomes throws 260 for three touchdowns and two interceptions. Mahomes throwing two interceptions. Uh, that doesn't happen. He doesn't, up until last week, he didn't throw any interceptions in the month of September for his whole career. And he never lost a game until uh, in the month of September for his whole career. Now he's lost two games back to back. And it's like, I mean, again, we're not hitting the panic button. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, and uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire lost another fumble, and Tyreek Hill also lost another fumble. That's a, that's an issue that he's got to clean up, though, because I, I feel like it's too common occurrence that uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire keeps uh, dropping the ball. Yeah, and it's it's just inconsistency by an offense that, you know, can put up so many points so quickly and can come back from any deficit but you know we we've seen them sometimes go on these streaks of mistakes and, yeah you know maybe patrick mahomes is trying to play hero ball too much or they, the they're other... thinking too much about going 20 and 0 because mm-hmm. remember they said that to start off the season how mahomes like our goal is to go 20 and 0 now you've lost two games in a row it puts things in perspective. It's a pretty uh, humbling experience when you lose a game like that. And one of uh one of Mahomes' interceptions was on another of his his patented no look passes, which and he's got to stop with those. Which honestly. bounced they, they're, off. They're not helping. Yeah, I mean, he's he's trying to play into what he's known for too much. It's like it's trying I to guess, play a game in his head. Yeah, it's I like, mean, oh, I got to do this. People are expecting me to do this if if odell beckham jr were to try and make every catch into a one-handed behind the back over the head catch you know and making it harder than it needs to be yeah so going into the uh sunday night football game the uh packers at 49ers this was a fun one to watch especially at the end and rule for any nfl defense out there do not give aaron Rodgers. Any time on the clock, because what comes down to it, what kind of summarizes the ending of the game, is that the Ford Niners had to drive down the field and they scored a touchdown, and they took the lead. But the thing was that their lead was um, by only one point. It was a twenty-eight to twenty-seven, if I'm correct, because. And then Aaron Rodgers was left with, I think, roughly 37 seconds left. And he literally took the Packers down the field. And they have one of the best kickers in Mason Crosby who was able to um, kick the game-winning field goal at the last second. I mean, honestly. um, But the 49ers, I I don't understand the type of defense they were playing at the end. Like, they knew the ball was going to Devontae Adams. And they were, the Packers are able to just get chunk plays in every single uh throw um it's um let's let's see like 
the Rodgers, this is the play-by-play on the last possession. It's 25-yard pass, incomplete, incomplete, 17-yard pass, incomplete, and field goal. So, And all of them are going to Devontae Adams. Exactly. The, you know that it's going there. He's Aaron Rodgers' top target. And just watching that, um, I don't know. They probably should have taken more time off the clock before they scored their touchdown. And that's what I was worried about when I saw the Niners score their touchdown. Is that maybe they gave him too much time. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes you sometimes you can't control it. I mean, I know there's been some, some criticism on Kyle Juszczyk for scoring that touchdown instead of maybe going down short of the goal yeah. line. But I mean, what if... You go down short of the goal line. And you don't make it. And you go, you know, four straight attempts and you don't make it. Then the criticism becomes, you know, oh, well, why didn't you just score? Now you didn't win the game at all. I mean, the Niners do have a good defense. So, I mean, but they just were playing way too soft and they were letting him just score up in the middle. I mean, those two incompletes, I mean, or no, sorry, the three incompletes that the Packers did on those drive were just to spike the ball because they didn't have timeouts. Because they'd wasted their timeouts early on in the half. So um, it was literally, literally a 25-yard pass and a 17-yard pass to Devontae Adams. And all they needed was uh, a field goal. So it was a fun game to watch all the way to the end. And that just shows how you got to do better clock management. Maybe if we drained another 5 seconds, 6 seconds, 10 seconds off the clock. And we still score, or or they still score. I don't know why I went to we. Um, if they still score, no, it just limits the amount of time Rodgers has to move, because he's dangerous when he can. Um, when he can get the ball down the field. All right, Trenton, we have to. Uh, we cannot end this show without uh, talking about the Bears. Oh. We cannot end the show without talking about what was a um, a minor disaster in global history. Again, it was just week three. We're not hitting the panic button. but And we're still in this season. This season's not lost. People are writing off the team. People are saying, I'm done with Matt Nagy. I'm done with the Bears. I... As Trenton has gotten to know me and anyone who's ever listened to this, I am a diehard fan. I am an optimist, but, and I'm not done with this either. It's just that that was a bad game and people have bad days. Like Trenton probably has a bad day every, every so often, no matter how rare it can be. I have a bad day. There are days when I am not fantastic. You are right. Yeah, there you go. And, um, but this was just a bad day all in all for the Chicago Bears team. Um, Nine sacks, nine sacks. I mean, that just that stat line right there is, tells you something. And again, Justin Fields played like a rookie. He probably was not ready to start this game. And I think if we have Andy Dalton in there, we have a better chance of actually getting things together. Because look at the Bengals game. Those opening possessions that we had with Dalton was in there. We were moving down the, the ball down the field and we were playing good football. Spreading the ball around to moving around. And I know this is the last piece I'll say on this is uh, on this portion is that I know the play calling should have been better. 
No, the receivers uh, probably should have caught some balls that they dropped. The offensive lineman needed to block, but at the same time, nine sacks can't be just thrown onto the offensive line or the coaching staff. Nine sacks means that the quarterback was holding on the ball too long. And this is Justin Fields we're talking about. Someone we know can get to the outside. Someone we know can run. Like, you should just throw the ball away at times. Like, just throw it away. Like, there were times where, and I saw this in the preseason, where he will take the snap and he will zone in a certain direction and be completely oblivious to what is happening on the other side of the field. Like, he, if he, for example, if he looks right, he will ignore completely what's happening left and a, and a D lineman will come and hit him or sack him then. So this is not a knock on him. This is just to show that he's a rookie and he just needs more experience and just needs more time to learn because he's not he was not ready and he showed that against the Browns. So Yeah, I think you I think you put that really well. And we just need to get the the receivers more involved. We need our tight ends. We have two good tight ends. Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet are good tight ends. But just we couldn't use them because we were not in situations where we could use them. Like Jimmy Graham is perfect for the red zone. Just literally toss that. He's like six seven. He's bigger than every defensive back that he's going to be facing, and every like linebacker he's going to be on him. And he's still, I know he's up in age, but he's still good. So just throw it up and catch it. But we were never in the position where we can. At least we have a kicker though, or this game would have been a shutout. Mm-hmm. And that's something Chicago has not been able to say for a while. So, Yep, that is true. Looking on the bright side. Always got to look at the positives, Trenton. And again, as Bill Belichick would say, we're on to Detroit. So this game is over. Let's fix mistakes, come back home. If Justin Fields is playing this game, which we don't exactly know yet because we don't know who the starting quarterback will be because all our quarterbacks are dealing with the Possibly injuries at the moment. Um, hopefully it's not too serious. But if he's playing, the home field is going to be behind him, especially when he's introduced on the field. And uh, I think it'll be a good a rebound game for the Bears and to get us back to 2-2. Two and two. And Again, we're right in it still. We're not. It's not over. It's week three. It's, we just got to make sure we play well, put together a good effort on the field. All right. Last thing on the Bears, if there's, uh, there's been a lot of news about the Bears potentially moving away from Soldier Field, which in my opinion is still a great stadium, but I 100% agree, I mean, understand why um, this is being considered, because you have a state-of-the-art team like the Bears in a city like Chicago, but you have a stadium that is one of the smallest stadiums, if not the smallest stadiums in the country. And so there is the Arlington uh, Park uh, Churchill Downs location, which recently went up for sale, and the Bears put in a bid. And they, as of last night, executed a purchase and sale agreement for the Arlington Park property, which does not mean that it's been bought. This does not mean that it's over. But they are basically moving forward in the next steps of like negotiations and being able to purchase the, the property for um, to build a new stadium. And 
I just want to put this out there that if this all goes through and the Bears end up buying the place and uh, they own the property, it's going to take another like maybe two years, three years to build a stadium. So we aren't moving anytime soon. So, but I, things are moving forward now with this thing. So yeah. we shall see. It will be something interesting to keep our eye on. Definitely. So, Trenton, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling pretty good. The, the live show is uh, going easy? Not nervous? No, not at all. It just feels uh, feels familiar, like how we used to do it yeah. back in the day. <laughs> and we never took a break either. We just transitioned on to Zoom. But, Trenton, you'll be feeling even better right now because last week you went 11-5 and five in your picks with an overall record of 33-15. and 15. And I went ten and six with an overall record of twenty eight to twenty. So you're still a good uh, five games ahead of me. Which, like we said, though, I'm not hitting the panic button. I am still right up behind you and just waiting any moment to overtake you. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> it's like a it's like a race car situation. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to uh, pick the new games for this week. So why don't we? Uh, Take it away with the first game tomorrow night, Jaguars and Bengals, Thursday night football. Oh, I'm going to go with the Bengals here. Same here. I'm taking the Bengals. Uh, the Titans versus the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, but I'm not taking the Jets. I'm taking the Titans. Same here. I'm taking the Titans. Uh, Chiefs and Eagles. Going to go with the Chiefs here. Yeah, based off of how the Eagles played on Monday night against the Cowboys, yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Panthers at Cowboys. Ooh, this is going to be a tough one, I think. But honestly, I'm liking the Cowboys for this. I'm taking the Cowboys as well. Uh, Giants at Saints. Uh, let's take the Saints here. I'm taking the Saints as well. Jameis, two weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. uh, Browns at Vikings. Wow, this is, this is a tough one. The Vikings have... Been in a lot of close games, but I'm going to take the Browns here. I'm taking the Browns as well. All right. Uh, Lions at Bears. Going to take the Bears. I'm taking the Bears. Yes. Uh, Texans at Bills. 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 <laughs> Colts at Dolphins. Oh, this is this is a tough one, but I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm taking the Colts too. I think uh, if if Tua was playing, then it might have been a little different, but uh, he'll still be out for another couple of weeks. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, Colts, it is Washington at Falcons. Uh, Washington. I'm taking the Falcons. Really? Yeah. All right. Uh, Seahawks at 49ers. I'm going to take the Seahawks here. I'm taking the Seahawks, too. Really? Okay. Uh, I thought you'd take the Niners. <laughs> I mean, they played really well, but I think that uh, after a loss like that, the Seahawks probably more uh, equipped to come back and win. Uh Plus, I said Russell Wilson's on my fantasy team, so I need him to play well. Gotcha. Uh, Cardinals <laughs> at Rams. Wow, this is a battle of the Giants, but I'm going to have to go with the Rams. I'm taking the Rams, too. All right, Steelers at Packers. Uh, Packers. Packers, sadly. <laughs> uh, Ravens at Broncos. 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 Ooh. Uh, Buccaneers at Patriots. Patriots. Buccaneers. All right. And Raiders at Chargers. Chargers, I'm taking. Raiders. All right. All right. This could really prove to uh, change up for us. Yeah. A little bit little bit there at the end. We had some uh, some different picks there, but it'll be 
It'll be interesting. Another crazy week in the NFL coming up. Yes, sir. As is every week. So mm-hmm. we shall see what that leads us to. So uh, we did it. We did it. We made it all the way to the end. Yes, indeed. So um, thank you all for listening to this uh, first live episode of By the Laces. And honestly, this is the first live episode of By the Laces because when we started off the show last January for the first time, we were known as Tampa 2 Tuesdays. And then during the pandemic, while we were at home, we decided to change the name to By the Laces. So this is the first episode. But uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. If you missed any part of this live recording of the show, um, the episode will still be up in its podcast form soon, as it has been for months. And we will always continue to do that. We hope you have a great rest of the week. Don't forget to follow us at BillMalik15 and Trenton underscore Cito. Please stay safe and enjoy football. Tweet, tweet, Eli Manning's birds.